everything that you have already done. Father, I thank you for our teacher, our helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for reminding us of everything that the word has spoken unto us, revealing unto us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our God on the inside. Now, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise through this word on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go over what we went over last week, and I'm going to add some to it. I was talking about um, the different churches in the Bible, the church at Jerusalem, and I went over um, the uh, prophets that was in that church. I also went over the um, apostles and the elders that was a part of that church. Um, What I was basically doing is showing you the setup of... um, the different um, churches um, that was in the Bible. So we talked about Acts 11, 27 through 30, talking about the prophet that was in Jerusalem that went to Antioch. We also talked about the apostles and the elders, how they worked together um, in Jerusalem and the churches in Jerusalem. And also we went to the church that was in Antioch and there was prophets, there were teachers, there were elders there. And then we talked about the church that was in Ephesus, which was um, Acts 20, but you can also find in Acts 19, and it was talking about the elders that was there and what Paul did there. So the reason for doing that is letting you know um, the different ones that God had set in the church, and we know the elder, you can have a chief elder, which is the one that is the one that's over the ones that are in the church and you can have people up under that chief elder that's helping that elder out it could be another elder that's in the church which we know we're talking about pastors it could be a bishop which we know that could be a pastor a shepherd or overseer so those words are used interchangeably but what I wanted to go over tonight is the Lord um, showed me something dealing with the church at, at Antioch and the church in Antioch, it really shows you the fivefold. And it was sitting right there in the scripture because I, I got stuck in a place. And normally when you get stuck in a place, you ask the Holy Spirit, what are you showing me? What do you want me to see? So I got stuck over there in Antioch and couldn't come out. So I had to wait to see what the Lord was showing me. And I'm going to tell you something. Everything that we need to um, go forth in the house of God in this church was right there in Antioch. You just got to know how to pull it out um, through the word of God. So let's look at um, the church of Antioch. I'm going to go back through that and I want to show you how um, God has placed everything that was needed in that church as a guideline for all churches to go by. Remember, we talked about the church in Jerusalem and this is where the apostles were at that time. When you look in Acts chapter eight, you see where um Everybody was in Jerusalem. We see beginning with Acts chapter 1 up to chapter 8 is when um, the apostles went out and they was laying that foundation and it started with who? It started with Peter because Jesus said, uh, told Peter, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. It was a lot of 
um, disciples following Jesus, but we know he picked 12 of them. And through those 12, Jesus spent time with them, giving them the foundation. They were watching Jesus. They were learners. They were followers of Jesus Christ. He chose those 12 out of all his disciples. That was ter- determining um, Luke, the sixth chapter. But upon choosing them, as they spent time with him, Jesus was preparing them for where they were um, going to be. So when I'm talking about Peter, y'all know Peter was the one that denied him. And y'all know that Peter was the one that um, um, he used dealing with the sermon, how he gave him boldness and people end up getting saved, turning unto the Lord. 3,000 souls were saved. But we understand that they had to have um, the power of the Holy Ghost to come upon them. They had to do everything that Jesus told them to do in order to go out and carry what he had them to carry. So the reason why I'm going there, when you get up to chapter 8, y'all know Saul, which is known as Paul, he was persecuting the Christians. See, if we follow the word the way it need to be followed, we can understand where we need to be according to the word. So when we get to chapter 8, it tells you after the... Um, Stephen, he was stoned. We see that persecution came and they were scattered everywhere. And the only ones that was left in Jerusalem, it said, was the apostles. But the other disciples, they were scattered everywhere. Upon them being scattered everywhere, the word of God was still being taught. It was still being proclaimed. But some of them was just only proclaiming it to the Jews. But remember when God said, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself, the reason why I'm, I'm giving you all of this is to take you where I'm going in the scripture so you'll see everything coming together. So we know after 8, chapter 8, they were spread abroad um, through many places. Y'all know about Philip and how Philip preached the word unto them. Once the word was preached, once they accepted the word, then you see the apostles coming in and they giving them the power from on high, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But upon that, you see how Philip left and he went where God told him to go with the eunuch. And the eunuch had the word there, but he could not understand the word. So Philip began to what? Proclaim that word. It was just like an evangelist going out. He was still spreading the word of God. So we know that eunuch, he got saved. He accepted Jesus. He was baptized under the water. So where I'm going now, we look at chapter 9. We're dealing with Paul. How Paul, which was known as Saul, the one that was persecuting the Christians, how he had a Damascus experience. Y'all, the word is so good when you can just put it all together and know what's happening in the word. I think what we do, sometimes we pull scriptures, but we got to go and search the whole land. We got to, to search the Bible, go back one or go up one to know what's being said, what Paul is saying or what Peter is saying and why they said what they said. Do not just pull a verse of scripture and use that scripture. You got to understand where that scripture is coming from. You got to understand why the person who said what they said, why did you say what you said? That's when the Holy Spirit began to put things together. So we see how Paul, he began to accept Jesus as his Lord and as his Savior. But look at the other followers of Jesus, the other apostles. They did not want to accept Paul because Paul didn't follow them. But this was part of God's plan. Look at us. Some of us won't accept people from other places because they wasn't in Miracle Temple. So they can't come up in here. Did we not do that? But we do things being led of the spirit because all of us, um, every joint supply, 
we make up that one body, right? So we can't just single people out. Now, we do single them out based upon doctrine. Because if they're not up under the same doctrine that we are, if they're not believing the same thing that we believe, we're not going to bring false teachers or false prophets in here. Because we want to make sure that we all on one accord, right? So I'm going here to say this. When you get to 9, it talks about Paul and how Paul become a part of what they were doing. But then God took me back to that church of Antioch. I said, God, what are you showing me about Antioch? He said, that church in Antioch is a church that need to be a model for all churches. Because everything in Antioch is showing what a church should be doing and how it should be doing it. So let's start here to Acts 11, 19 through verse 21. I have to do this example first. I'm going to use Kim and Missy for this example. I need for y'all to bring a chair. Can, honey, can you set a chair right there for them, please? Just one chair. We know that both of them are beauticians, right? Just sit it there. Kim, I'm going to have you to sit in that chair first. Just let Missy, um, uh, Thea, maybe I need another mic as well. And I won't hold up the process, just get missing the mic. Now, whether some people know or you don't know, Kim, what did you say? Athea? Okay. They went to the same school, correct? Yes. They went to the same school. Y'all were up under the same instructor, right? Yes. Okay. So what we're going to do is, Missy, Kim is the client, and Missy's going to begin with doing a perm. We know she's natural, but... She's going to start out doing a perm. Okay. Tell them what you're doing, Missy. I'm sectioning her hair off into um, four quarters. Can somebody hold the mic for her while she's doing the... Ooh. I'm sectioning her hair off into four quarters so I can base her scalp. Okay. I didn't baste her scalp. Now I'm about to apply um, a relaxer to her hair. You can just do it like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to rinse it out. Just keep on. Just, just do it quickly, Missy. Okay. Everybody know the pro- you okay. know the process. I've already applied um, the relaxer. Now I'm about to neutralize her. I've shampooed her hair okay now I'm putting some conditioner in it I'm combing her out now I'm about to um, rinse her conditioner out and she's going to get back in my chair okay now switch places same thing Go through the process. Okay. Um, now I'm about to section BC out in four sections. I'm going to base her scalp. I'm going to put some protected serum on her ends for her porous ends. And then I'm going to apply from the back 
beginning in the back, going working my way up to the front. In my back right corner, I'm going to start there and go clockwise around her head. Then I'm going to comb through and let it sit for 15 minutes. And then I'm going to check to make sure it's straight. Then I'm going to rinse her out. And then I'm going to apply um, condition in our hair. And then I'm going to neutralize three times. And then I'll apply um, a reconstructor in her hair. And then she'll sit for five minutes. And then I'll take her to the seat to proceed to style. Okay. I want to ask you both of y'all a question. You can get Kim the mic. Okay. Y'all had the same instructor, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Y'all got taught the same thing. When yes. y'all were doing this, what did you see? She went into more detail. <laughs> what did you see, Kim? Start with you, Missy. When you, Kim was sitting there, as you were talking, what did you see? When I was doing her hair? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you were doing her hair? I was actually visually seeing myself doing what I was saying. Could you have, have done her hair with your eyes closed? Yeah. Hmm? I, well, if I had all my stuff here, I know the process. So, yes, I could have done it with my eyes closed. So it wasn't a problem for you? Right. Okay. Kim? Same, Same thing. Okay. But there was a difference between you two. What was the difference? She went into more detail. Okay. And I just went through, like, the basics of getting it done okay she went into more detail Mm -hmm. right tell me why you think she went into more detail maybe because um just the way i guess we perceive what you was asking us to do okay why you go why you think you went into more detail I think it's because I do it all the time. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> so who would you think would be top beautician in a shop between them two and them two? Who would be the owner? It's obvious, right? Because mm-hmm. you got another profession, but you still do hair. Mm-hmm. But when you do it in the shop, who shop you go into? Kim's. So if you had any questions, who would you look to? Kim. Where am I going? Can somebody tell me where I'm going? If, the, if we're in our word more, we would be more detailed. Okay, where else am I going? There's one head person. And it's one you can always go to, even though they do the same thing. That's a good analogy. <laughs> so she would be the pastor. <laughs> yeah, thank. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you see how God is opening your eyes? <laughs> so do you see why it's division in the church? Because a lot of people want to be what? The pastor. pastor. They think they do. They think they know more. And they think I got a call too. I can tell you what the words say too. She left something out. See? We have some problems in the house. See, this is why God used examples like this to show you how things should be. Y'all both had the same what? Same teacher. They were up under the same instructor, right? Did your path differ off from the path you took? 
Mm -hmm. But you still do hair. But not as much as she do hair. She can be in the word, but she might not be in the word as much as she's in the word. So you might see more detail from her from the word than she see it from you. Or it might be vice versa. Right? So that means she's not going to, Missy's not going to put herself above Kim, but she's going to be a helper to Kim to say, wait a minute. Let's look at that again. She may have part of it, but she don't have it all. But when God gives somebody, put them in a place, God's going to let them know how he want it done. It don't matter if you want the stick longer. If God say, I want it shorter, then move your long stick. You don't say this will work better if God is saying, I want her to do it this way. You do it the way God gave it to the person he gave it to. Not because you think you know better. Oh, y'all ain't this so good? See, this is where the churches miss it. They're trying to do it man's way and not do it God's way. Anything outside of God won't work. And that's why we're having so many problems in the churches with different denominations and say we serve in the same God and it's not working. Each church that we go into should represent him. Not man. Anything that's man-made, God is not in it. And see, people get mad when you put him in something that man has made, so they want to kick you out because you're telling them what God is saying. They ain't never heard God, but they want people to think that they know and don't know. So they're going to belittle you to make you feel like you're a woman and you don't know what you're talking about. You shouldn't be preaching or teaching anyway. So we got problems, don't we? Give you another example. I'm going to use Missy. Thank you, Kim. We don't see Missy because of her schedule, right? Missy, tell them about me. As far as what I do, how I do it. Over there? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Missy said over there. (laughs) Well, as far as um, people trying to request her for an engagement, there's a certain protocol you have to go through before she even accepts that engagement. So we have to ask different questions so that they would be on one accord. We have to make sure that she has the freedom to move in the church as the Lord sees fits for her to move. And, you know, we just have to make sure that before she goes in there and break down everything, that, you know, she has the freedom to move the way God would have her to move. She don't want any hindrances. If they're not in line with that, if they're not in line with the Holy Spirit being able to move freely through the church, the Holy Spirit will then let her know whether or not she should accept that engagement or not. How would Missy know all this? It was in me. (laughs) So if somebody come up to Missy and say, we want your um, pastor to come to our church, what you going to say, Missy? Well, I would ask them, because I already know what to ask them, I would ask them a couple of questions to um, see. I would still give her the information that um, they're requesting, and then we would just have to go through the process. But I would let them know how she is as far as how she moves. Another thing the Lord showed me with you and Kim, 
Everybody's hair is different. So, if y'all were doing somebody's hair and they wanted y'all to work a miracle on them and their hair is already damaged, you're going to slap a perm in their hair and their hair is fried with um, product or are you going to talk to them first and get to know? Well, are you currently up under another beautician? They would definitely have a consultation. That's what both of you missed. Even in the body of Christ, before somebody come in here and want to be a part, we talk. What church are you from? Why did you leave that church? What was the reasons of you dismissing yourself? That's not what the word says. That's not how you go about doing it. Why would you accept somebody else's sheep and don't know what's happening to that sheep? I don't think y'all going to accept a client and do their hair and it's already messed up. Are you, Kim? And you're just going to put another perm in it without asking them what happened. And Mrs. A, and you don't want them to be bald headed. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Why am I going through all of this? So we can see clearly. Some of us see things the wrong way because we're not in the word the way we need to be in the word. We go on feeling how we feel. But we got to go on how the word tell us to do things regardless on how we feel. Sometimes we'll be up under certain people so long they can be wrong and we don't know it's wrong because we don't search the word for ourselves to know what's right and what's wrong, right? So when we look at Antioch in Acts eleven nineteen through 21, I want to show you how this church was an evangelistic church and how they became evangelistic church. So we're still talking about evangelizing. Isn't that part of the fivefold? Right? You can evangelize without being an evangelist. Do y'all hear me? You can evangelize without getting a title. That's what all of us are supposed to do. I'm going to show you how it happened. The reason why I went back to dealing with the persecution of the church, and I went way back to the beginning of Acts. Do y'all remember when Peter began to give them the word of God and they became followers of Jesus Christ? Who began to teach those people? The who? The apostles. Because they were the ones who laid the foundation, were they not? Why are people saying apostles are not important today? Why are they saying they are not important? They're the thumb in this house. That thumb reaches out to every last one of those gifts. That thumb reaches the prophet. It reaches the evangelist. It reaches the pastor. And it reaches the teacher. The rest of them can't reach out to each other the way they can walk side by side. But they can't reach out like that apostle can so God gave that foundation to those apostles. To bring correction, Paul did not walk with them. But Jesus reached out to him, and he didn't have to walk with them. Jesus gave him revelation, but he was not an eyewitness of that, but he had his witness, right? 
So what they did, they taught. The first thing that they did, they had to teach those disciples that became followers of Jesus Christ. Those apostles had to give them the foundation. They had to give them the doctrine. They had to make sure that they were taught these things. Why? He said, because we're going to commission you. We got to send you out to make disciples. So this is what they did. They made disciples of these people. So when the persecution of the church came and they were scattered all over everywhere, which Jesus knew this was going to happen, they were always, they were already learners and followers of Jesus Christ. No matter where you go, how you get scattered, if this church split, you should still be a disciple. You should still be a follower. And this church is not splitting. Not unless it's another Red Sea miracle. But you should still be a follower of Jesus Christ no matter where you go. In and out of this building, you are still a disciple. You are a follower. They were taught. They were learners of Christ through those apostles of the Lamb. So look what happened here in Acts 11, 19 through 21. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phinez, Cyprus, and Antioch. Preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. But listen at this. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they come to Antioch, spoke unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. That was the Gentiles. And look at this. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. What were they doing? What were they doing? Evangelizing. How were they able to evangelize? Because they were taught. They had it in them. So even though they scattered them, what they had in them, what they believed, come out of them. They were in Antioch. Antioch was a big region. It was a big place with different um, types of people. In Antioch, they, they were rich over there in Antioch as well, but it was different type people in Antioch. So you having the followers of Jesus Christ mixing with those type of people. Who are we mixing with? The world, right? So I'm going to show you something else. So we see that they were doing what? They were evangelizing, right? So guess what happened? This is so good, y'all. Go to um, Acts eleven twenty-two. Let me tell you what happened next. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. The church in Jerusalem. Y'all know about the church in Jerusalem, right? The apostles stayed there. And some elders, when people were scattered abroad, it was still some apostles there and elders. They heard about all of this, so they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Do y'all know why they sent him to Antioch? Because they heard that it was more believers in Antioch that was amongst a lot of people that didn't believe. So they had to send somebody there to do what? Teach them. They had to teach them. They had to teach them the way of the Lord. So they sent Barnabas and listen what they said. They didn't just send anybody. They're telling you Barnabas was a good man full of the Holy Spirit, full of the faith. They didn't just send anybody. He had to have everything he needed to go over there and teach what needed to be taught. 
When he reached Antioch and saw how God had blessed the people, he was glad, he rejoiced, he encouraged all the believers in Antioch always to obey the Lord with all their hearts. And many people became followers added to the Lord that they became what? Disciples. But look what happened next. So Barnabas was there in Antioch. He was teaching them the way of the Lord. He was making what? Followers. He was making disciples. But guess what he did? Then Barnabas went to the city of Tarsus to look for Saul. Why in the world would he go look for Saul? We are helpers of one another, aren't we? He knew that Saul had something that these people needed that he could give him. Do y'all see how the fivefold is working together? Every joint supply. And when he found Saul, he brought him back to Antioch for a whole year. Saul and Barnabas met with the church and taught many people there. Now listen at this. They met with who? The church. And what did they do with the church for a whole year? Teach, not preach. Do y'all hear what I said? The church need to be taught. I'm tired of people being preached to. People need to be taught. I can holler at people every Sunday and yet not teach them and that ain't doing them no good. People in churches are so used to hype and they're not getting taught that you got hypers out there instead of teachers out there. Most churches you go into, funerals and everything else, you got hypers. If anybody go to a funeral and begin to teach somebody something, somebody sleep and say you're boring and don't get them no more. That ain't what we need up in here. Hype me up. They even got their sermons ready because they're in a book. They done preached them so long they can make you believe it. If they lose their page, they got to keep her, her. I don't care how much you huh. If the spirit ain't in it, you need to hush. And sometimes people are in the spirit that huff and puff too, y'all. Don't get me wrong. You'll know the difference. You will. But nowadays, people don't want nobody to come in there and teach them anything because they think they know everything. But do you see how in Antioch, first they were followers, they were disciples. When Jerusalem heard that they had disciples and followers, well, they had followers of Jesus Christ, learners, they said, "Uh uh-uh, we got to send somebody over there and teach them quick. Because he knew they were amongst the world, just like a person will get converted, but they're not made a disciple. You have many people being born again, but they're not disciples. So being born again is good, but when they're not disciples, what do they end up doing? Being like the world. And still saying, I'm serving Jesus Christ. Don't y'all understand that people can say, I'm saved, I'm born again, but they're still living like the world and doing what the world doing and saying what the world is saying. This is why they say, send Barnabas over there now. It's an urgency. Because now they need to be taught this stuff, their way of doing, need to come out of them. If you don't get them over there, they are amongst them. Remember they were in Egypt? They come out of Egypt, but what didn't come out of them? Egypt. Moses was giving them the word, right? But then they had a mixed multitude amongst them. So they started complaining and mumbling. Y'all getting it? 
So I don't care how much people say they're saved and they're born again. Until you are taught, until you are discipled, until you get to know the word for yourself. Yeah, you just saved. You just missing hell. But you're still out there doing what everybody else is doing and still saying, I'm born. Nobody don't want to hear that. Because your lifestyle haven't changed. I hear too many people. I know the word. No, you don't. People blow up at me. What you mean I don't know the word? I said, because if you knew it by now, you'd be living it. Quit saying you know the word. You're making a fool out of yourself. Sometimes I don't hear from them people no more. But somebody got to tell them the truth. Things that you know you don't do no more. When you know how to tie your shoe, Toya. You don't need your husband trying to tie your shoe, not unless you crippled and can't do it no more, right? So if you tie your shoe and your husband is down there trying to tie your shoe, what are you going to tell James? Get out of the way. What are you doing? Why are you trying to tie my, I can tie my, now when I was pregnant, y'all know women, when you're pregnant, you can't do it. That belly in the way. So I'd be like, come here. Here. I need some help then, right? We all need help in some areas, right? We do. So what was happening, they, the church in Jerusalem would say, oh, we done heard. It's always somebody out there talking. Somebody out there is watching you. They got somebody in a certain place to say, apostle, I heard that people got saved at Walmart. Okay, no problem. Julia, get to Walmart. I don't have to go. I can, Julia, go to Walmart. People done got saved at Walmart. They need to be taught now. Come on, come on, come on. Because if not, they're going to be left what? To they self. So they went. And Barnabas, when he went, he was rejoicing. But Barnabas said, look at all these people. I got to get some help up in here. And I know just the one that can help me. How did he know? Because he already met Paul. He already knew that Paul had experienced Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, he said he would be the perfect one from the people that we got to deal with now. They took a whole year and taught these people before they were sent. Isn't that something? They gave them what they need, but guess what? This is another thing, y'all. Listen at this next verse. I love this one. In verse, um, I think it's still in 26. It says, in Antioch, was it 27? The followers, disciples, were called Christians for the first time. Can I tell you why in Antioch they were called Christians? You know why? Because they were taught. They were followers. And the lifestyle they were living amongst the rest in Antioch didn't reflect the way they lived. Y'all don't get it, Christians. So the Antioch people say, them Christians. Somebody's supposed to call you a saint. (laughs) Somebody's supposed to call you a set-apart one. Somebody's supposed to say, there go that old saved Manny. (laughs) There go that old preacher man. Here it come. Because he's set-apart. And people get mad because people say, oh, look at that. She thinks she's better than anybody. Hey, how you doing? Don't be ashamed of that. Because you set apart. You're supposed to look different. And people get mad because people say, I'm getting tired of people saying, I'm, I'm holy. 
So you rather honor them than honor God. Because that's who he is. He said, be ye holy because I am holy. Meaning live a holy life because you're holy because of me, not because of anything you've done. But your life should reflect who you are. So they called them Christians because they were different. Their character was different. Their way of living was different from the way the rest was living in Antioch. Come on, this is Burgo, y'all. You blink your eye, you'll miss it. But people won't miss the lights that are shining in Burgo that's different from everything else. They don't miss that light that's shining. We went out to eat um, Sunday. Um, you know, that's what all of us do. <laughs> but as me and Apostle were sitting there, and this crowd of people had walked in. It was so funny, y'all, because I eyed someone from the outside of the window, and I couldn't take my eyes off this woman. And I was like, okay. So I watched her come in. That was a whole crowd of them, but this one here was different. So I'm just sitting there, and then she sat down, and she was the loudest one in the bunch. But that ain't the reason why I was pulled. So as I was sitting there, all of a sudden, I said, let me get up. I got to go over here. Went over there to tell her what the Lord had said. And she said, yeah, yeah, I received that. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Thank you. I received that. So she got ready to go get her food and she stopped right in her tracks. And she turned around and she said, you apostle Amanda. (laughs) I didn't introduce myself to her when I went to her at all. Didn't give no title, didn't give no name. I just said, the Lord has a word for you today. After I gave it to her, that's when she said, you apostle Amanda. She began to hug me. She said, I already been to your church. She said, I've been to your church. You gave me a word before the word come to pass. And she said, look, here go another word again. We sat there, y'all. And this woman was just as hilarious as she could be. Brought joy to the whole table. What am I saying to you? I didn't have to go to her and tell her who I was, what church I was from. I just went with some life, which was the word of God. And she received it. So the problem with with some people is they want people to know, I'm this and I'm that. You're nothing without Jesus. So if we leave off all of this stuff and just go with what he's telling us to do and quit making these long introductions, I'm apostle, doctor, evangelist, prophet, pastor, teacher, how are you? All of these flattering titles, instead of going the way they went. So Paul, he, when he was with Barnabas, they began to teach. Both of them taught. So look what was in the church. Evangelizing. Disciples first. Then they brought people to teach them the way of the Lord. There was evangelizing. Then they began to teach. Is the teachers up in there? Mm-hmm. Right up in there, right? And what did they, they taught them so people recognized them for who they were, Christians. They were set apart in Antioch with all that stuff going on. We're supposed to be set apart, y'all. So they were doing Matthew 28, were they not? They went right back to what Jesus told them that needed to be done. Then the next thing that was happening in this church okay, we got looking at evangelizing, we're looking at teachers, we're looking at didn't um, Barnabas had to be sent to that church, right? Did anybody that was um, being made a disciple or was a disciple, did you see them get big-headed and say, okay, come over here? 
God has set it up, didn't he? God has a person for every church that he want to set up. He has that person. It ain't for us to try to pick and choose where we want to put people. God already have it orchestrated. We need to follow his plan. The next thing that they did, this was a teen ministry church. What I mean by teen ministry, it was dealing with every joint supply. It was dealing with the fivefold. It was dealing with what was needed in Antioch, right? So we look at Acts 13.1. We talk about a teen ministry, right? We saw the teaching. We saw the evangelizing. Okay, next thing I'm going to let you see, we went over this. Acts 13.1. In the church at Antioch, there were these prophets and teachers. In the church at Antioch, there were these prophets and teachers. So they had prophets and teachers in Antioch, right? That means it was more than one prophet. It was more than one teacher. Why? Antioch was big. They needed all of this for what they had it, for what they had. And it said, um, each one of these, it would tell you um, where they come from and all of that. But then when we look in um, the rest of it, what I want to show you, prophets and teachers, I want y'all to catch this, was raised up in Antioch. Didn't they say it was prophets and teachers in Antioch? Remember, first of all, they started out what? With disciples, did they not? So Jerusalem sent who over there? Barnabas. Barnabas went and got who? Paul. Y'all know Paul was an apostle? Paul was a teacher, was he not? Barnabas, who was he? He was a prophet. He was a teacher, right? So guess what they were doing? They were raising up prophets and teachers. That's what we're supposed to do. See, this is how a fivefold church is supposed to run. When you get taught, you're going to raise up the fivefold right amongst you. You're going to raise up those God would have to be raised up that are amongst you. God will send whom he need to send to raise up whom he want to raise up, right? So look at this in Acts um, eleven twenty seven. Again, I want you to look at this. Now I'm telling y'all that prophets and teachers was amongst them, right? It said, Acts eleven twenty seven. about that time in those days, some prophets, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Prophets are subject to what? Hello? Prophets are subject to who? Prophets. Is that not right? So they brought more prophets from Jerusalem. Prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them was Agabus. Now, it said that it was some prophets that come down, and one was Agabus, right? And he stood up and spoke with the help by the, by the Holy Spirit. He said a severe famine is coming to the whole world. So this happened when Claudius um, ruled. And it said the followers, disciples, all decided to help, send relief, send something as a ministry for the believers, brothers who lived in Judea as much as each one could. They gathered money and gave it to Barnabas and Saul, who brought it to the elders in Judea. So we see how those prophets, which was mouthpieces for God, um, they come up into Antioch. You had prophets, you had teachers, you had the evangelism going, the evangelizing going on. You had, um, I, I went over all that. You had all that going on, didn't you? Right there and where? Where was that happening? Antioch. So we see how everybody was working together, right? So when they needed help, remember I told y'all that Antioch, the people that were in Antioch, they had money. 
But guess what? They were made disciples, were they not? But they were in Antioch, and they were not serving Jesus before they were made disciples, right? But they were in Antioch, and Antioch was a prosperous place. But when it was time to send relief to people that need it, God took the wealth of the wicked and stored it up for the righteous. He went right there in Antioch. Changed some hearts because he knew when the famine was coming and he knew who had the money. Do y'all see how the church is supposed to work? Hello, somebody. Right here in the book of Acts. We just have to take the time and know what God is saying and when to bring it out. See, God keep adding to this teaching and adding to this teaching. Why? Because he want our eyes to be open so when you're amongst people, you don't have to debate what Miracle Temple is supposed to be doing is being that model church that God want us to be so when people come up in here, they're going to know how God want it to be. That's how we're supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So when we look at Acts 13.2, Now, the reason why I'm going to Acts 13 too, remember I said it was prophets and teachers there, right? So those prophets and teachers had to be set up by Barnabas or Paul, right? They had to set them in that church. Do you know why they set them in that church? Y'all remember when they began to minister and they began to go into prayer? What happened? The Holy Ghost spoke and said, separate Paul and Barnabas. Because, see, they're getting ready to get sent out of Antioch for some more work. But God didn't leave the church without what? Teachers, prophets. They knew how to evangelize. They were not left alone. And they had elders in there, too. See how God does things. Give you an example. You see what God is doing with Miracle Temple. He's teaching y'all. He's teaching y'all about being disciples, right? That's the first thing. Then he's got teachers, he got evangelists, he got prophets. So let's say I have to go out of town. Is the house, should this church shut down? Did it set, shut down when I went out of town? No. Paul and them left Antioch. Because they had more, it's called basically missionary work. Those apostles was like missionaries. They were going to different places and they were laying the foundation. And when they left that place, they had to leave somebody in that place after that foundation was laid to keep that foundation like it needed to be. What do we see now? We see churches everywhere. See people saying, God told me to go get a church and this is what I'm going to do. Now they pop up with a church. And people follow it. But they base their setting up on that church on tradition of man. Not the way God wanted to be set. That's why we have to be careful. So we see that Paul and them left, right? They went out. And another thing that this, we look at a church that it represents is an, a spirit anointed church. Meaning that God's spirit has to be there. Right? Let me show you where that's at. Acts 13, 2. This is dealing with the spirit of God being in the midst of the church. Acts 13, 2. I'm going back over that again. 
And they were all worshiping, ministering, serving the Lord, and fasting, giving up eating for spiritual purposes. During this time, the Holy Spirit said to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to do a special work for which I have chosen them, I have called them. Look what they were doing, y'all. They were in their praising. They were in their worshiping. They were coming together on one accord, and while they were praising and worshiping, God began to speak. Those gifts was in operation, were they not? The gift of knowledge, was the word of knowledge was right there to say, okay, y'all got to move it. Y'all got to get it up and go. Who spoke? God was speaking. Because they were what? So when you have an anointed church, a spirit-filled church, praise, they go, you praise and worship. They had praise and worship in the church. Through praise and worship, God spoke. What am I saying? When Judah get up there, if they're doing what they're supposed to do, God should be speaking through them. He should be ministering through those songs where somebody in there that hear God through the music. Somebody, somebody told me this, and I got to say this, it's so awesome because I see this. God will show you the heart of people when you're in praise and worship. Will he not? He'll show you where people are. He'll show you where people been have been. I'll give you an example. We had someone years ago, I ain't going to call no name, but I remember they were singing, singing, that's all. I couldn't wait till they hush. Because after they hush, I called them in the office. I said, look at him. You leave your problems in your house, at your house. You don't bring them up in here. Mm-mm, that ain't God. Was I wrong? Mm-mm. And I remember it was an incident, and, and they told me right then, they broke down right then how mad they was that they made. And they were taking it out while they were singing. They said, I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I had to put a stop to it right then. I said, let me tell you something. Jesus don't sound like that. That's why people don't like me. Because I'm not letting my God go down like that. That's a lie. They did not get offended. Then I had an incident. See, this is why I say people want to be in charge. And I'll let you make a fool of yourself as long as you want to. Because you ain't hurting me. You're hurting yourself. So I knew a person who thought they can handle this certain person. Everybody was looking up to this person. Thought they were all of this in a bag of chips. Thought they knew what they were doing because they was just boasting. One day, I was over there in my office, right there. I saw somebody looking at me. Come out, come out. I just didn't move right then because I thought you can handle it. You been handling it. You act like you know. Handle it. Come here, Bass. Come here, Bass. Come here. They couldn't get this person to shut up. They were coming at them for all they knew. They couldn't take it no more. As soon as I walked in the room and didn't hardly had to say nothing, my husband is my witness. Nothing else was said. You know what that person asked me? How did you do that? How y'all think I've done it? And how else did I do it? 
You're right. You know your sheep. Because, see, this is what gets me with people. Instead of people, if I'm counseling someone and someone come to you, what should be your first answer to them? What should be your first question? Why would you ask them, have they talked to me? See, the problem is people want to tell them something, but don't know what's behind that person. People will fool you. People will tell you what they want you to hear for you to be on their side and don't know what God has already said. So then when you can't handle them, that's why I end up in the office because you done told them something that you didn't know nothing about. See, I deal with foolishness like that. What so-and-so said, well, how about this? Go talk to so-and-so. Since so-and-so telling you so much, am I saying that I'm the only one can counsel? No, 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 no. But you want to be on one accord. We got too many people pulling people aside, trying to give them something, and they don't want to tell them the truth. They're patting them on the back, and you don't see the spirit behind what that person is saying. Because you felt like you gave them something. Shouldn't work like that. So what I'm saying is, the way that God had things is the way that they should be now. In decency and in order. So we see that praise and worship was in Antioch, was it not? Praise and worship was there. The gifts of the Spirit were in operation in Antioch in that church, was it not? So is this not following that foundation that Jesus was giving those apostles? They were going on everything that they learned from him. They were making sure everything was done right. Y'all, the next thing that was left in that church was what? Prayer. In that same verse. Acts 13, verse 2. What did they do? They were praising God. They were worshiping God. And they were praying. And they had to go in prayer. And they had to go in fasting to know it's time for y'all to leave. Right? Is that not what a church is supposed to do? Y'all, you know prayer ain't in churches no more. Too much talking. It's too many opinions. I I just got to say it. If you can't pray at home, why do you think you're going to come up in here and pray? If you can't spend time with God at home, because prayer is only communicating with God and sitting there talking to God. If you can't take the time to pray at home, what make you think you're going to get something through here? (laughs) The first thing that we're supposed to do is pray. When situations come up, we're supposed to be in contact with him. And it's supposed to be in alignment with his word. Everything they did was in alignment with his word. Guess what another thing that was in that church? It was a generous church. Because when they needed relief to sin to to Judea, the other believers, because a famine was coming, guess what? They didn't have no... I ain't giving no ten dollars. I ain't giving, and they ain't have to have nobody to remind them of nothing. Hello, somebody. We talking. We talking about a church. What the church supposed to do? They were taught these things. So as they were taught these things, guess what they were taught? It's better. It's better to women. Let me get the scripture. 
You're more blessed to give than to receive. Let me, let me read what this verse says. In Acts 20, 35, I have showed you all things. This is Paul. How that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So those people that, that were in Antioch, they were taught these things, y'all. The whole year Paul and them stayed over there. Do you think they left giving out of the equation? How could they leave giving out the equation when that's what Jesus done? He gave of himself. How could they leave giving out of a church? Come on, people in the church now don't want you to ask for nothing. They don't even want you to teach on tithes. And, they don't want you to teach on these things because guess what it happens? The flesh begin to get mad. And you got to tell somebody, nobody don't know what I got to pay this week always asking for some money. They must be crazy. I got bills too. I gave last week what I got to give. Time you turn around, they asking for something. I ain't no bank. You know where that talk coming from? Something that you haven't resolved deep within. So we got to blame somebody because somebody's asking you to give something. See, a generous heart don't say nothing. They just lay it down. A generous heart already know what you're going to do because that's the heart of God. You just lay it down. So that's what a church supposed, y'all, this is what a church supposed to do. We are the church. When somebody else is in need, we're supposed to lay it down. Come on, go back to Acts. After Peter began to preach, guess what they did? They began to lay stuff at the apostles' feet. Why? Because they knew it's going to be people that are in need and the money got to be there to supply the need. Ain't that what they did? They knew what to do. Why did they know? They were taught. When you're taught to do something, how many has ever been taught to pay Verizon? Hello, somebody. I, I'm just have to go here because y'all know I root up. How many have ever been taught to pay Verizon? Help me, somebody. Speak now. Who taught you how to pay Verizon? Verizon. <laughs> Verizon. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Who? What? Some of you don't. Who taught you how to pay Scrape Talk? Who taught you how to pay U.S. Cellular? Who taught you how to pay, um, what is it, AT&T? Who taught you how to pay them? You had to go to them to get something from them to know what they expected from you. And when you got it from them, who had to remind you your bill is... Y'all not talking to me? Why y'all don't want to talk to me now? Who reminds you? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Y'all know when that bill do before they tell you. And you're going to, Manny, help me out, Manny. Help me out. You know when that bill do before it's due. You already made preparations to pay that bill before it's due, didn't you? You already got a date laid out for your check when you're going to pay them, right? And it ain't no year in advance, is it? So tell me how little old me get left out in a whole year. And people forget. Talk to me. Talk. I ain't going to cut you off. Talk. Talk to me. Not a priority. Talk to me. 
It ain't in your heart. But Verizon is a priority. Duke Energy is a priority. House payments. All this is priority, right? But when it comes to the kingdom, it's in the word. We can do what with that? Why do we do it? Because it's the way of who? But when you need counseling or you need some help and you need prayer, what's my name? (laughs) It ain't Willie. Lord knows it ain't Willie. We're going to use Willie on that one now. Don't use Willie. Leave Willie out of this. Will ain't here to defend himself. Everybody know my name then. Even people that left the church know my name. And I don't hang up on them. I don't say, I ain't seen not a quarter from you in three, four years. And you calling my house? What's wrong with you? I cast that demon out in the name of Jesus. Ask anybody, have I ever said that? Why? And if you are my sheep, nobody's saying nothing. <laughs> Why is it that some people have shepherds that could care less, care less if you fall over a cliff but they support them. Why is it? I'm just telling y'all what the word says. If you're mad, you're mad at him, not me. Because it's right here in the word. It's here, y'all. They were a generous church. Paul been there a year. A year. And was teaching them. Famine was coming later. Hadn't even come... They didn't have proof this man was telling the truth. So why would they give in to that, Teresa? The famine hadn't come yet. This prophet going to come up in there and say, it's a famine coming. It's a famine coming. And they're going to give money and ain't seen no famine yet? What's wrong with them people? Now I say... (laughs) something what I get like babies whining all the time I get so many y'all I'm going to tell y'all something y'all don't know Mm -mm. do they know honey he know (laughs) cause he say hang up Yes, y'all, I, tell him, honey. And then he be over there doing his little business, have on them glasses like this right here. Soon as it get heated, he look down. <laughs> he say, hang up. <laughs> then when I don't hang up, he's on the other side saying, listen here. Because he's playing now. That's my wife. Yes, he is. And I have to say, 
See, he got to understand. What is my call? What's my call? What you said is? What was I doing? He didn't want to hear no more rooting up. Because I'm, I'm rooting it up from the rooter to the tutor. I'm rooting it up so I know what I'm doing. But see, he can't take it. It's done become annoying to him now. But I know, y'all. See, when you know my call, God got this. Because I'm telling the person, I'm showing you what's there. And by the end of the conversation, before it's over, what do you hear? Y'all won't do it. Hmm. Y'all really won't do it. See, people act like they know. But if you don't get to the root, you ain't done nothing. That's why we got to stay in alignment. Come on, y'all. Y'all see all this in this one church? This is how church is supposed to be doing. Everything that God has given us is supposed to be in the church. We're supposed to be a praying church. We're supposed to be a, a church that worship. We're supposed to be a generous church. The gifts are supposed to be in operation in the church. We're supposed to be a equipping church. Can anybody tell me what the vision is for this house? Is it, does it meet all that? Is it something I come up with? What does it line up with? Okay, that's all for tonight. I hope this helped. Lord knows I hope it helped, and I hope it has opened somebody's eyes to understand. We want to do it God's way and not our way, amen? It's all about him. It's not about us. To God be the glory. Do we have any announcements? Kwana?